Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, powered by Goodwill Drive to Victory. I'm Chris Bevan, sports editor of the Canton Repository, along with rep sports writer Joe Scalzo. The high school football regular season has reached a halfway point, and we're going to look ahead to week six, and we're also going to hand out mid-season awards for Stark County area high school football. Before we do all that, we'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Goodwill. The Goodwill Drive to Victory Donation Drive kicks off this week at Jackson and Glen Oak High Schools. Jackson plays at Glen Oak this Friday. Ahead of that game, each school has Goodwill trailers set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares. The school with the most donations will win a $250 scholarship. Jackson is accepting donations this week, Tuesday through Thursday from 7 to 10 a.m. and 1 to 6 p.m. and Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. and 1 to 3.30 p.m. Glen Oak is accepting donations this week, Tuesday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. again for the Goodwill Drive to Victory Donation Drive. Joe, as we look uh, halfway through the high school football regular season, we have three teams unbeaten, a lot to be decided over the final five weeks. Let's Before we kind of look ahead, let's look back at the first half and highlight some of the top teams, players, performances, and coaches. And uh, let's get it rolling with the team of the first half and who you uh, think that is. <laughs> well, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Chris, and I'm going to call Maslin the team of the first half. Um they have the county's highest scoring offense. They have the stingiest defense. They've they've uh, given up a total of 35 points, and they're averaging 45 points a game. So they've given up 35 points total, but they're averaging 45 points a game. And then uh, they've also won every single game by four touchdowns. They've just kind of come out, and, and I think they've been even better than people thought maybe they would be. Um, so, you know, again, it, they're 5-0, and and they're probably the team that – um, you look and, and again, you think maybe they have the just chance of winning a state title out of anybody in the county. I think it's four straight games with a running clock yeah. for them. I mean, that's kind of unheard of, at least around here. I, I know that there's probably some teams in the state that have had streaks like that, but it's pretty stunning what they've been doing. Yeah, the, the only game that they didn't was, I think, the opener against AV. They won by 28. So, boy, they really fell short in that one, Chris. <laughs> I don't know what they did wrong, but, um, you know, and they, they play. Yeah, you know, solid schedule the rest of the way. But to me, probably McKinley is the first team that that really is on paper that capable of beating them. And even then, that'd be an upset. As you look at, you mentioned McKinley. Who else was in your mind in consideration uh, as being like the team of the first half, or was it just so clear cut? I think it was pretty clear cut. I mean, I think McKinley and Perry, obviously the other two undefeated teams, but they've shown some vulnerabilities. Um, you know, Sandy Valley, Marlington, they're both four and one. They're, they've been solid, but I, I think it's clear which team has been the best through the first half of the season. And, and each week, it seems we're, we're talking about when will they get tested? When will they get tested? And uh, they'll have Fitch this week. They have East St. Louis uh, coming up. But uh, really, it seems like the tests for Maslin are just internally and mm-hmm. trying to play to the level that uh, I'm sure their coaches are stressing to them. Yeah, and it seems like, the, you know, penalties are kind of an issue right now. And, 
Um, you know, I, I always know that when I played football, the games after the blowouts or the days after the blowouts were the worst because the coaches just nitpick every little thing because they knew that, you know, you, you, you know, you can get relaxed and, and you don't necessarily improve when you're pounding teams. So, you know, you don't worry about every little thing. And, and, uh, so I'm sure that's what the, what's going on to Maslin right now. Looking at the coach of the first half, uh, what stands out there for you is the coach of the first half. I, we, I think we went with Brian Gamble of Sandy Valley just because, you know, whenever those coaching awards come out, you always look and see who's exceeding the expectations you have. I don't I don't know that I expected them to be four and one. I think their only loss was to Indian Valley, who's really good. And even then that wasn't, you know, it wasn't a bad loss. They were competitive. So, um, you know, it's the second year there. They, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they played a lot of young guys. And, and you've seen that growth. And, and Cameron Blair has, has certainly built on his outstanding freshman season. He's, you know, really one of the best quarterbacks in, in Stark County. And probably a guy that you look down the line has a chance of, of maybe threatening Hunter Wells' you know, career passing records and some of the other records he has. So um, I, I thought, you know, Brian's done a really good job and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of a sign that, you know, that 2015 season was really special, but they were building something and we're kind of seeing the payoff this year. The IVC uh, North opens up league play this week, so that's one of the oddities with the IVC when they expanded that league into the two divisions. The last couple of weeks, they've been playing like crossover games with IVC South and North teams playing. Those do not count in the standing, so league play basically starts this week for them. And the big game, I think, in that IVC North down the road is going to be Sandy Valley and East Canton a couple of weeks away. It'll be a, a huge game for both teams. East Canton last year won the IVC North by running the table. We're going to look at a couple of more th- the awards from the first half in just a moment. I want to remind you the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, September 28th when Perry hosts Hoover. Kickoff is 7 p.m. The broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkwin and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday night with Todd Porter on the sidelines. As uh, we look at the player of the first half, uh, the the guy you've settled on is somebody that has appeared on, uh, uh, I guess, two of our broadcasts this year. Yeah, Elijah Curtis from McKinley. And again, it goes back to um, not just who is maybe the most dominant player, the most talented player, but it's the guy you say, if they took him off that team, where would they be? I don't think McKinley would be five and zero. I think they probably would be something like three and two. They wouldn't be terrible, but you know, I, I, I watched him against Harding in week one. I, I felt like he was a difference. He just, every time they needed a play, he made it and he's just been kind of a, a steadying force for a team that has a lot of talent, but it was very young. And, uh, you know, he said some really good games and, and, you know, we look at Jameer Thomas from Maslin and, and guys like Cameron Blair from Sandy Valley and even blame him, who's been a very versatile guy for Marlington and kind of plays wherever they need him. But um, to me, Elijah Curtis is the guy that you say, you know, he's been the most to his team, but also has been excellent just overall. The thing that uh, jumps out when I look at him is first the statistics. He's well over 60% most weeks and I think approaching 70% with the completion percentage. Uh, but then when you hear more from you know talking to you and Josh Weir, who've covered McKinley games and talked with Coach Reardon a lot, it sounds like his leadership just is off the charts and, and way exceeds whatever you see statistically. Yeah, he's kind of a guy that you'd expect to go somewhere like Army West Point. You know, he's... he's um 
just a smart player and he just kind of understands when he needs to take over the game and, and when he, you know, he can kind of just facilitate things. And, and really they didn't have any run game until last week when Lemire Garrett went off against Hoover. And, and so he was kind of their offense for a while. And, and even though he's a very good runner, most of what he does with it was with his arm. And I just, he's just a very impressive player. And, uh, you know, to me, he's a clear choice for this one. As you look at those other guys and with league play, really just, you know, this is a third week for most of the leagues picking up, uh, obviously a lot to be decided. Who, who's a, maybe a guy that you think could really emerge in the second half and uh, put together a stretch that makes him, makes you think, Oh, maybe this guy's the MVP. Jackson's got a couple of interesting guys. Jake Ryan, we've been talking about it. Wide receiver has been really good. Um, Trey Wright's been really solid. And, and Ethan Atkins is kind of coming on as a running back there. I, I, I think they're probably a team that doesn't get talked about enough just because they weren't able to pull out the, the wins against East and, and Perry. But they were good enough to win those, and they could very easily be 5-0. and And they've got just some really interesting guys. And, and uh so, I mean, if I were to pick one, I would say maybe a Jackson guy, you know, Hoover's got some really good players, but again, they're, they're three and two and probably aren't going to make a run at the league title. So, um, I'd probably go with one of those Jackson guys. The first half awards will be the uh, focal point of our first down section on Thursday. A lot of the stuff Joe and I are talking about will be the, uh, the big play in that section. As we look back at the first half of the season, one of those, uh, items in there will be the game of the first half. Joe, what, uh, game jumped out as being the best game of the first five weeks? Well, before we say anything, we should say that you should still buy the paper <laughs> and read it on Thursday. Even after, if you've listened to this podcast, um, Joe's writing is, is way better than Joe talk. <laughs> uh, the game of the first half is, uh, it, I think it was Perry 28 central 27, uh, I think that was week two, and and Central goes uh, for two points with after cutting it to one. They cut to one, forty four seconds left. They go for the two point conversion, pass sales high, but um, two two good teams that were kind of still figuring things out at this point, and and uh, one of those games that um, boy, you know, you look at Central and as good as they are, you wonder if they can get into the Division Five playoffs, and that's one of those games that if they had had it. Uh, they're sitting pretty pretty good, even though they're three and two at this point. If they would have had that, and and Perry kind of just they they need to work some things out, and they've kind of figured it out. But they are five and zero oh for the first time under Keith Wakefield since two thousand. I think they also were two were five and zero oh under Spider Miller in two thousand six. But uh, just a, a, one of those games that means more than just that night, and and also was also an excellent game overall. And you're talking about two programs with five trips to the state finals in like the previous four years on the field. It, it's 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 a completely overlooked rivalry at times. I think Joe, just because of mm-hmm. you know you have the week ten ones that everybody talks about. You have Louisville Hoover that that often falls on week two now anymore. But Central and Perry, the schools are just literally down the block from each other and those kids all grow up together there's a lot of respect i think among the coaching staffs you know linda smith going back to his assistance days keith obviously has been a head coach for a long time so those coaching staffs significant parts of those coaching staffs have been coaching in this game since (laughs) way back into the 90s and into the 80s so it's just a, a kind of a little hidden gem of a rivalry yeah, I think if you were looking at the non-conference rivalries uh, in Stark County, they're the best. Um, we probably would take Maslin McKinley at number one. Um, but after that, I mean, Louisville Hoover and, and probably Central Perry, uh, you know, to me, those those would be, if we were picking a top five, those would be easy, three of them. So I agree. 
The reminder that the Goodwill Drive to Victory donation drive kicks off this week at Jackson and Glen Oak High Schools. Ahead of Friday's Jackson at Glen Oak game, each school has a Goodwill trailer set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares. The school with the most donations wins a $250 scholarship. Jackson is accepting donations this week, Tuesday through Thursday from 7 to 10 a.m. and 1 to 6 p.m. and on Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. and 1 to 3.30 p.m. Glen Oak accepts donations this week tuesday through friday from 7 a.m to 3 30 p.m looking at the uh, performance of the first half joe we're talking about a single game by by one of the players uh who'd you go with for that well we have some good candidates for this one yeah, uh, there's been some guys that have had some really big weeks mm-hmm. um I, briar marthy from from tussle was a good one cameron blair had a big game lemire garrett had a huge game for mckinley but I, I do think there was a clear choice and that was um colton jones from lewisville in week three against lake he he throws for a school record 502 yards six touchdowns uh it was a game that probably most people including me thought lake would win and kind of changed the trajectory of, of lewisville seasons a little bit but uh, look it up. I think it's the second highest total of uh, uh, for passing yards of anybody in Stark County history. Um, Canton South Jared May had, had some big yard yardage games. <clears throat> excuse me, back in 2010, including 560 against West Branch. So he's right a little bit behind that one. But um, yeah, I mean it, it was uh, not just the numbers, but the meaningfulness of that game and in, in, in terms of what it meant for Louisville season stuck out. Yeah. That's a game that if Louisville is able to make it into the postseason, they're going to look back at that game as one that really turned the season around for them. They, they had had the big win against green the previous week, mm-hmm. but like you mentioned, I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a, a lake win and Louisville really makes a statement. And you have to remember too, Colton Jones enters that game. He's, he's and he still is kind of sharing that quarterback job that depending on what uh, they're looking for in a particular game so it's not like he's the clear number one on his you know his own team he's going out there probably to prove he wants you know all the snaps and it's a unique situation there and from what you had talked to some coaches who watched film on that it just sounded like Louisville was locked in uh, Mm-hmm. It made me think of maybe like the the Rams teams, the greatest show on turf or whatever. They were yeah. just making every play. <laughs> yeah, except in this case, I think it was like you ever have a, you have a couple games every year. Where maybe you play a little over your head and just everything goes right. And uh, I'm sure that like when that doesn't happen, it's maddening because you're like, well, what what do we do different that night? We, we showed we could do this. <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing it every night? And I'm sure Lake is thinking like, why did they have to do it against us? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a special night, and he, he, obviously they're talented everywhere but um boy everything was clicking and you get in the rhythm and that's what happens looking ahead to the second half now joe uh what are, what are the storylines you think people need to be aware of and, and kind of looking at i mean I, I think the federal league race is interesting um we probably think of, of perry and mckinley as being the two favorites at this point and, and there's only been two other teams that have won four straight federal league titles which is perry's which they're, what they're going for perry did it once Hoover did it once, um, so Perry can match that, and um, so I think that's probably the, the storyline. And, and seeing, you know, there's a cool Week Nine matchup for for Perry and, and, and McKinley that sets up there, so that's going to be something to watch. Um, Jameer Thomas, there's not a lot on the line probably from the regular season until Week Ten for Maslin, but Jameer Thomas has a chance to break a couple really cool records: um, Art Hastings' career rushing record and Bob Glass's career touchdown uh, rushing record at Maslin and and when you're breaking career records at Maslin as a running back man you're in the high country there so 
um, that's kind of something to, to watch for. The uh, the Hastings record in particular, you're talking about the school's rushing record set back in the early 1960s. They've had a lot of great running backs since then, guys that have gone on to play Ohio State, other places. Nobody's, uh, nobody's beaten it, and now he's 190 yards away. And really, if they weren't just destroying teams he'd have it by now i was mm-hmm. talking to chris easterling from the maslin independent who covers you know all the maslin games and you know really he's done by halftime so he's doing all of his stuff right now in two quarters last week he got one carry in the second half three yard touchdown <laughs> touchdown run you know now he's standing on the sidelines watching the rest of the game so uh maybe fitch gives them a little bit of a game and he's gets a chance to get it this week because he's obviously very capable of a 200 300 yard type game uh so that record like you mentioned that's that's quite an achievement for for somebody yeah especially for someone who's probably going to be playing linebacker in college um so um obviously a very versatile talent and probably probably the third thing if you're looking for the second half of the season is just you know marlington's kind of been the the favorite in the ebc and and uh, they managed to, to win a really close game against Carrollton last week on a missed extra point in 7-6. And so I guess the question is, can anybody catch Marlington in that league? And I think probably Alliance is at least the team that I would point to as, as having the best chance. And um, so that, that's, you know, that's a game I think in week 10 that, uh, that we'll look for. Alliance won the uh, NBC last year, which dissolved once the season ended, uh, moved on without Louisville and reformed as the EBC. The other uh, two other leagues, the IBC and PAC 7 that feature Stark County teams, the PAC looks like it's Manchester with maybe CVCA and uh, Orville in the mix. But I think you every year have to start with Manchester. And as we mentioned earlier on the podcast, Sandy Valley and East Canton are looking like maybe the, the front runners in the IVC North. Reminder, the Goodwill Drive to Victory Donation Drive kicks off this week at Jackson and Glen Oak. A Goodwill trailer is set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares at each high school ahead of their game Friday night at Glen Oak. The school with the most donations wins a $250 scholarship in the Goodwill Drive to Victory Donation Drive. Going to look at some of the top week six matchups. Got three games in mind, Joe. Start with the, the biggest one maybe in the Federal League, and that'll be Hoover at Perry. Yeah, kind of a... Um a key game for Hoover. They've already lost one fairly game, and I know they were a dark horse for, for winning the league title, so they got to have this one. And also, you know, if they don't win it, they're 3-3, three and three, and suddenly, you know, that that, that Division two Region 7 is a lot better this year than it was last year, so it's going to be a little bit tougher to get into the, the playoffs. So, um, huge game for Hoover, not just to bounce back, but also the implications for the rest of the season for them. Then you have uh, McKinley at Lake. Uh, Lake, another team, can't afford probably too many more losses, and, mm-hmm. and McKinley uh, has it rolling right now. The over the years, that's been a good matchup. I mean, McKinley always has the the numbers advantage and in generally a size advantage, but Lake has has played McKinley really well. Yeah, a lot of times they've played each other like earlier in the season, and uh, you know, there's been some shocking wins. I think from Lake standpoint. Um, you know, we were kind of thinking that this is going to be a little bit of a breakthrough year for the Blue Streaks, but, you know, they had that tough loss against Louisville, and then the schedule really kind of gotten really tough for them. Like, they got Jackson last week, they got McKinley, then they have Hoover and Perry, and then they finish up with Glen Oak and Green, which you kind of would like to see them probably have a couple of those, the Glen Oak or Green mixed in a little bit, but... Um, you know, again, they're, they're the underdog, but like you said, they've played them tough, so maybe they find a way to... to to get it done this week, but McKinley's looking like uh, a team that's finally kind of got it rolling a little bit. 
Third game we're looking at Fitch at Maslin. Maslin, we've mentioned five and zero. Fitch four and one shows up in the state rankings, but uh, you know did have kind of a bad loss for Warren Harding. You know got him pretty good. What uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, it, it probably looks a little bit better on paper than it is in reality. Um, and and again, like you said, you want to see Maslin get tested a little bit. Um, maybe that that night against Harding was just kind of like an off night for them. Because four and ones, I mean, it's a good record, obviously, but um, we'll see. I'm a little skeptical that Fitch can give him a game. Going to give another shout out to Chris Easterling here with a, a nugget I just got from him earlier today, and that uh, I think the last two times Maslin has gone five and zero and then played Fitch. Fitch has upset them, hmm. and you know Chris, you know, pointed out Fitch just has a history against Maslin where regardless of the season or how each team's doing their kids just get up for that game they, they you know they play without any fear and have, have given Maslin some trouble over time so maybe maybe that's a game that surprises us more and you know snaps that streak of Maslin just rolling through people yeah but it just uh just kind of seems like the whole Mahoning Valley right now is is down a little bit from where they were maybe five ten years ago and um, you know, Harding's had some, you know, a solid season, but they haven't, they've lost to Maslin and McKinley both. So, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, Phil Anarella is, is a really good coach. He's been the Fitch for about a decade now, I think. And, uh, he's, he's won a state title before and he's won a million games. So, you know, certainly he can get the most out of his team, but this is a special Maslin team. So it's not <laughs> probably not quite as good as, or, you know, those other, those other teams that started five and oh, quite, quite this good. And, and Fitch was probably a little bit better those years. We'll be talking about that game and the others Friday night when we return for our next podcast. A reminder, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio for Friday, September 28th, is Hoover at Perry. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, powered by the Goodwill Drive to Victory. This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Check back for another late Friday night at after week six is complete. For Joe Scalzo, I'm Chris Bevan.